Today, I want to address a simple question that many people will be surprised about. Is church membership in the Bible? Thanks for listening to Season 1 of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. Should I make a Season 2? I'm going to pay attention to three things to decide if there will be another season. Downloads, feedback, and money. You can encourage Season 2 quicker if you'll do two things for me. Number one, follow the podcast on your podcast player, and then you'll get every episode for free, and I will keep you updated with the progress of Season 2. And then number two, tell a friend about the podcast and get them to listen too. The more listeners, the quicker I'll work on season two. All right, let's get to today's episode. Some Christians think that church membership is necessary, and others think it is optional. Most are, I find, in between, thinking that church membership is easy come, easy go. The Bible never mentions a process of membership in the local church other than baptism. So what's the big deal? Well, church membership is not like a membership in a social or sports club. The church is not a friendly group of people who share an interest in religion. It is also not a service provider like a membership at Sam's Club or a university. Christians do not pay money or volunteer time in exchange for religious services. Far too often, though, we think of church membership in this way. If we look for this kind of membership in the Bible, we cannot find it. Rather, We need to remember that God instituted national government to be the highest authority on earth for each nation, and the church as the highest authority on earth when it comes to your discipleship to Christ and citizenship in his kingdom. Members in a church are more like citizens in a country than like members at Planet Fitness. God has given the power of the sword to the national government, Romans 13, and keys to the kingdom of God to the church, Matthew 16 and 18. And as such, the local church is an embassy of the kingdom of God. It represents the interests of the home nation to the host nation. A USA citizen living in France can prove his citizenship with an official uh, passport from the United States of America. And if the passport expires, the citizen must visit the American embassy to get it renewed. Otherwise, though he is still a citizen, he cannot prove his citizenship, nor represent the United States officially to the nations. When the embassy renews his passport, the embassy does not make him a citizen. It affirms his citizenship. And that's how local church works as well. And as such, Christians don't join the church. They submit to one because Jesus instituted the local church as an authority over all Christians. And when you realize this, you begin to see church membership all over the New Testament. After his ascension, the disciples of Jesus numbered about 120. That's in Acts chapter 1. And they kept a record of it. After Peter's Pentecost sermon, about 3,000 people were baptized into the church. And more people were added day by day. Acts 2.47. That is, from the beginning, there was a clear division between those who were in and those who were not. And they kept the numbers. Soon there were about 5,000. That's in Acts chapter 4. Later, Saul was going house to house looking for church members and dragging them off to prison, Acts chapter 8. And as the church spreads, we see the gospel penetrating new communities. And every story we have says that the Christians always set up church communities, and every Christian uh, is always connected to the local 
Christian church. When the Christians come together, they become the church in some way. Paul says, when the Corinthian church meets, the power of the Lord is with them. The assembled church has a unique authority and power of Jesus. You can read about this in 1 Corinthians 5. The New Testament calls Christians to live different from the rest of the world. Although we're told to foster relationships with non-Christians, we're also told that we should not be unequally yoked with non-Christians, since light and dark have nothing to do with each other. Paul goes on to tell us to go out from their midst and be separate from them, 2 Corinthians 6. There's nothing fuzzy about that line. It is a clear difference. All through the letters, the New Testament assumes that the church community will guide the life of its members. Christians are all up in each other's business. There are a ton of passages about this. Christian leaders, pastors, elders, and deacons are also made responsible for certain people, not every Christian everywhere. For example, Peter tells elders, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, 1 Peter 5. Paul says the same thing in Acts chapter 20. And likewise, Christians are commanded to obey their leaders. Not all leaders, but rather, uh, Hebrews 13 says, obey your leaders and submit to them. Clearly, Christians must know who their leaders are. Further, if he meant listen to their advice and do what they say only if it makes sense to you and you want to do it, then he wouldn't have to say anything at all. Paul also says Christians should give double honor to elders who direct the affairs of the church. How can you do this if you do not know who your elders are and have not submitted to their leadership? Paul directs Christians to exclude false prophets from their fellowship, 1 Corinthians 5. Obviously, you cannot expel someone who does not belong to the community. Now, this does not refer to friendly people who are hanging around the community. It refers to professing Christians who are false. The New Testament assumes, assumes that all Christians will be members of a local church. Our hearts are so prone to self-deception. We should never be assured of our own salvation apart from membership in a local church and elders who affirm our citizenship. Like an embassy of God's kingdom, the local church does not make you a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, but it affirms your citizenship in God's kingdom. Church membership is important. It's very important. Poorly trained leaders may not allow you to benefit from the membership very much, but it is important nonetheless. I hope you are a member of your church and that you submit to the government and discipline of the church leadership, whatever that looks like in your context. It's good for your soul. And it's part of our faith when we say in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Gospel Gumbo Podcast. I would love to make season two, but I need to make sure that it is worthwhile. So I'm paying attention to three things, downloads, feedback, and money. It costs money to publish a podcast and not a small amount of work. Now, if you'll give me just $5 once, I'll give you your own private podcast link that will have all the episodes from season one without any advertising, plus 10 extra bonus episodes. At various levels, you'll also get a lot of other cool stuff, 
Now, I'm not looking for a subscription, just a one-time purchase that will help me to know that this podcast has been helpful and that you would like me to make another season. Look for the show notes of this episode to find the link to give money. Podcasts are getting gobbled up by big corporations and conglomerates. Independent podcasters like me need your support. Thanks so much.